Hi everybody and welcome to the Gentleman's Talk with your host, the host with the most, James Dean Littlejohn. I am on video. Hi everybody. Hi everybody. Uh, that's going to be on YouTube and also I'm now recording as well for the podcast. I'm growing. I'm growing. I don't know where. I know I'm growing with ways. I know that much. That's through eating and drinking. There you go. Um, I'm going to do a little introduction. So podcasters that have been with me from the start, this is almost 18, 19 months in, but you are going to be the first to see the video on YouTube. So I want to just introduce myself physically to you. Um, I'm James Dean Littlejohn. Um, basically, I'm talking to remove the stigma. Oh, I need to adjust my... I need to adjust myself. Oh, he says he's... That's better. There we go. So I've got background music on, but I never quite get the volume right. I'm here to support mental health, to get the get the word out there about breaking the stigma behind men's mental health. Get us talking, get us listening, and ultimately trying to reduce the amount of stigma that is behind men's mental health. It's devastating, and we've I've said this numerous times on my podcast. It's devastating the amount of suicides there are to men's mental health. The people are, aren't talking, and we still aren't talking. So what I'm here to do is to share my experiences. Um, I'm somebody who's suffered from depression, anxiety, PTSD. I've been diagnosed with permanent PTSD, ADHD, and still being tested for other mental health conditions because I'm batshit crazy. What I'm trying to do is break that stigma and just basically try and get the just get the word out there that it doesn't matter who you are, what your walk of life is. We if we talk about things, a problem shared is a problemed halved problem half that doesn't make sense you're getting nervous on the camera jimmy boy <laughs> i'm not i'm not anyway so i'm going to break in so um yes the normal rhetoric is i just talk about life experiences just trying to raise awareness for men's mental health i've been on the podcast um which has been on most platforms under the gentleman's talk for approximately 19 months i started well i started in january um, of last year and it was to try and better my mental health try and get a better understanding of myself and just try and get a grip of my 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 mental health and its generality just trying to get a grip of things to try and develop myself understand myself a bit more and try and promote the fact that it's been difficult and it can be difficult life can be difficult but if we share things we share experiences we share us our, our own personal experiences with each other we open up as best we can and we talk ultimately and let's try and share those problems to try and half them and the ultimate goal for me is to try and reduce the suicides i know i know that's a like a big ass jesus christ james what are you trying to achieve here well basically what i'm trying to achieve is i've been there i've got the t-shirt and i'm not talking about the one i'm wearing i've been there and i've attempted suicide three times and i want to raise awareness that by talking up, it's not a sign of weakness. It, it is not a sign of weakness. Um, so I've done the um, I've done the beard. The beard has been brushed for the video, and welcome to the to the clock and balls. This is the clock and balls. This is where I do my podcast from. And as you can see now, if I can move across, it's going to go a bit quiet on the mic. But hold, bear with me. If you move across on air, good vibes. Only good vibes in here. Okay, there's only good vibes. I'm not fucking around. I'm not here to find out. I'm not fucking around and I'm not trying to find out. I'm just here for good vibes. That's all I'm here for. Promoting positivity, removing the stigma and less negativity. You'll hear a lot of things on this journey about my own friends, my own close personal experiences and 
just basically how important it is to nurture the right things. Uh, I'm also, and I'm donning for my first ever video, the Gentleman's Talk Cup um, that was endorsed by a very good friend of mine, Billy Miller. It is Billy Miller approved. Um, and I've got other cups that will be making an appearance throughout this journey on the video as we elevate, as we develop, as we evolve, and we try and get that, just try and get that awareness out there. Anyway, I've had loads to talk about. I've been away for two weeks. Um, I'm off next week on ho on holidays, they say, but I'm not actually physically going anywhere on holiday. I'm just taking some time off work. Um, and basically, I need to catch up. I need to catch up and keep the people going. And um, it's been a couple of weeks. I didn't attend my usual weekly reflection time. Um, I didn't. Why didn't I? Because I had a build up to a birthday party. I had a birthday party on Friday. It was a fantastic occasion. I got all my closest friends together that I could manage that could that could, you know, stay over and enjoy the experience because we're all so desperate. We're all so difficult. And I talk my hands a lot, by the way. So you'll notice that on the videos and um, <laughs> not you podcasters listening. Um, but yeah, so I just I, I organized a party and what I've done is I've prioritized myself. I prioritized my mental health. By doing such, I was able to manage all expectations of me, and that's me because of my expectations on how I should achieve. Um, and, I've, and I managed to turn out a good party that was fun for everybody. At least, at least that was the feedback. So whether every single person's lied to me, I don't know, but that's the feedback I got. Hopefully it was positive and truthful. We'll never really know, but it made me feel good anyway. So it's a win-win situation for me. I felt it went well and everybody else fed back it went well. And so what I would have normally done in a situation like that, I'm, I'm not quite happy with it, that music level. I don't know why. I don't know. Just I'm not. I'm knocking over shot glasses. I'm not doing shots. That's better. There we go. He's got to get the, got to get it right. I can hear it on the ambient, on the ambiance, <laughs> on the uh, on the um, on the on the headphones. So yeah. So basically, I'm I'm here. I, well, normally I've either got a gin in my hand, um, or a cup of tea. That's another thing you'll notice. British cup of teas all the time. Not a gin tonight because I'm still suffer. I'm still suffering from Friday. I still got the meat and beer sweats. So. Um, yeah, I had an occasion, and normally what I'd have done, just battled through. I'd have done everything I normally do, and I would have, I would have put myself to the point where I would have stressed so much I wouldn't have enjoyed the event. I didn't, I wouldn't have enjoyed Friday, but I wanted to get it all prepared, get it all right, and enjoy it. So I've got so much to talk about because, for me, I think um, to summarise it as best as I can to pick up where I left off on the podcast, knowing that I'm now going into the video but you know it is available so you can listen to other things but just to just to show you what's nurtured from that is I managed to put the right I managed to prioritize everything correctly during the week so I was managing to prioritize work when I needed to prioritize home life when I needed to and prioritize time to make the plans work and make and, and alleviate that pressure on me which was so important to do absolutely important to do normally i would have just done all of it i'd have stressed out i wouldn't have enjoyed the party i would have tried to get drunk i probably would have been a fucking nightmare it, it would have just been catastrophic so 
for me, it was kind of like, I suppose, the first. Let's, let's call it the first, because we're talking about today on this video podcast. It's going to be on YouTube, and we are talking about this as a first. For me, this is the first party that I've arranged outside of my usual group. Now, something I've been trying to do, trying to rebuild myself and, and be able to accept, you know, different people into my life at the same time, shall we say, because I've got to emphasize that because there's, I, I, I enjoy company from anybody. But normally I get overwhelmed and I do get overwhelmed. So people will come around and I'll get overwhelmed. So I'm like, right, how do I manage this? So over the last six months, what I've been gradually doing is having parties, adding another couple of people into it as much as I can. So what I've been doing is nurturing my own abilities to be able to sustain long periods with different different people. Now, the reason I do that is because the PTSD from me has stopped me. It's crippled me from being able to do that because I get overwhelmed. My senses go fucking like crazy. So I've just been doing what everybody should do, nurturing it. And, and I've done it over and you, you would have heard back on all the podcasts. And this is a learned habit. This is done over three months plus so it's become a learned habit because I've been inviting people around previously and I've kind of gone, got to the day and I've kind of gone, fuck off. I can't do it. I'm, I'm, I've built myself so far up, I just don't want to do it anymore. So I've been nurturing myself slowly but surely to be able to have parties, have different personalities around and just see how, that, how I interact, how I manage it. Does it exhaust me? And I think Friday for me was a bit of a win-win because... Yes, it did exhaust me. My social battery was fucking, like, depleted by the end of the evening. However, I managed to sustain the whole evening without causing any drama or... And I don't mean, like, fighting or anything like that. Like, literally, without overwhelming myself, without getting myself too stressed out. I just enjoyed the evening. And that I think that is what I took away from that. And yes, I was socially, I was socially exhausted at the end. But I got to the end. That was the key part. I got to the end. So it's that learned habit. It's that I'm trying to think. It's that learned habit. And that's what I've been able to achieve from that. So it was kind of the win-win for me because it was a marker. It was that I, I talk about having markers in life. Give yourself something to achieve. What's your five-year plan? What are you, you know, are you working towards a five-year plan? Are you looking after yourself? Are you giving yourself objectives in life and milestones? Something to hit? Because one thing we strive for as men is having markers, having having milestones. And I can't emphasize how important having milestones really are. And I've proved that. So my first year doing podcasts was all about just being able to talk, just being able to express myself, use this as a medium to be able to acknowledge my mental health problems, talk about them outwards, that free crazy therapy where I'm talking to you and now I'm looking at myself in a fucking, <laughs> in, a, in a fucking camera, it's even worse, I'm literally in selfie mode and I'm talking to myself, they couldn't get any more batshit crazy if it fucking tried, however, it has nurtured me to the point now where I'm developing even more, it, it's leaps and bounds, yes, I have good days, yes, I have bad days, that's never going to go away. I can't help that. But what I can do is instill coping mechanisms, try things and see how I react with them and nurture them. And that's what I've been doing. So the first year of my podcast, and this is a good little review point, actually, because the first year of my podcast, I was focused on 
being able to talk about my problems. And by talking publicly, it gave me something to hold on to that maybe I was helping somebody else. Maybe someone was listening to me. And that's really important because through all of my depression and the things, the reason I talk about men's mental health is because we don't talk. Could I sit and do what I've done for the last 18 months religiously every single week with somebody? Probably not. I don't think I could. I don't think many men can because I, on a weekly basis, I just blurt out shit. <laughs> not literally, but well, maybe. Depends on what your view is of the talk show, uh, so to speak. But I focus on rehabilitation. I focus on my mind. I, I talk about the suicide attempts. I talk about things that I'm going through with just normal life because life it can be a bit shit if I'm brutally fucking honest doesn't matter where you sit I'm lucky to be sat here as you said James earlier talking as the third person like a complete batshit crazy fucker I'm in the clock and balls and here this is where it started I'm this is now a bar this is my cabin converted into a podcast studio bar on a fucking weekend called the clock and balls and i work here midweek because there's a computer to my left but i can't show you because it will lose track but i will eventually show you or jump over to my facebook and there's some pictures on there of the clock and balls um so and this is where it's all started it started with the mic that is on my video camera just in fact it didn't it started on a 4.99 uh, amazon mic basically that's where it started and it started originally actually on YouTube making videos and I completely lost the power, the will to live. People used my opening up against me, which was very difficult. I shut down for a bit and then I came back with a vengeance. Why? Because I could see the help it was giving me. I could see what it was doing for me to be able to talk about my issues. Now, irrelevant if I get feedback or not, I'm processing it. So it's a, it's a medium to be able to process my problems. Now, and I'm not talking like chucking, you know, air in my dirty laundry, but I'm just talking about sometimes these are the things we face. Sometimes we face challenges that we don't expect. I've certainly fucking come across them. None of my challenges were ever written in my journey. Like, well, maybe it depends on, again, if what your fucking beliefs are, but I never woke up in the morning and said, today I'm going to have a car crash. I never woke up a year later and said, I'm going to have another car crash. I never woke up two weeks after that and said, I'm going to have another car crash. I never I never decided on those. I never decided on the choices that my um, that have come to my front door. I never decided on those. They just happened. And then the fallout has been what it is. And that was fucking spiraling. And I mean spiraling into fucking, into depression. To the point where I was just this angry ball of fucking fire walking around. And it was horrible. And I lived with it. And now I see the side of rehabilitation, the side where I've been through therapy. I've had 38 therapy sessions. I've been through all sorts. I've done acupuncture. I've, I'm on medication, antidepressants and anti-anxiety tablets. Um, soon to be on um, ADHD tablets. So I'm on these fucking tablets. So for me, it's like I'm doing everything I can, but it was still wasn't working. And I was like, what the fuck have I got to do to get this to work? Well, what I've got to do is take a fucking leap, take a leap. And I took a leap. I jumped on. A podcast helped me. It gave me the medium I needed to talk things through because I am one of those people that just don't like. It's, it's ironic. I mean, I've developed over time, but I was very much one of those one of those men that I talk about a lot, as in one of those ones that bottled everything up. 
one of those ones that didn't know what to do, where to go, who was a friend, what was a friend, who was a loved one, who wasn't a loved one. I was one of those ones that just fucking, but didn't care. I don't fucking care about that. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who's a friend, but fuck it. We'll just roll with it. Just roll with the punches. And it got to the point where I was just, I was surrounded in negativity, a world of negativity. And then when I did everything I could to get through, I still could not get over that fucking crest of that hill. I was clawing up and I just kept slipping fucking back down. I was like, what's going on here, mate? And then I joined this. I did this medium. I've watched it develop. This is my first video properly, so I hope it'll get development from this. I'm not quite liking the fact that you can't see my mouth on a video, but these are all things I'm going to learn. This is things I'm going to grow to deal with. So that's where it started. It started from there, and it's in, it's just it's just taken off tremendously for me personally. Irrelevant of what, what's going on around me, it's taken off personally for me because I enjoy the process and I want to raise awareness. And like I said, I've it, I marked an occasion today. I've jumped on a video and I'm talking about the first party I've had, something I've nurtured over time because I've acknowledged that I've organised people and people have wanted to come around my house and everything else. And I'm sat there going... Oh, just checking something there, man. I'm just checking something there. Um, it, it, it developed and I was inviting people around and they just weren't, I was, I was just going quiet. I wanted everything to be perfect because I was worried. I was always making an excuse to cancel. So I was like, I need to develop this. How can you better yourself, James? You're almost 42. How can you develop this point? You've, you've built a podcast and you've got to the point where you can be open and honest and you feel comfortable being open and honest with your challenges. And then at the same time, you've developed that into nurturing the right friends around you. I feel confident that I've got the right people around me now. I've pushed away that negativity. I feel confident with that. And that's come with time. And I'm developing into last week. I've, I've tried up and down, tried to do fitness. I've tried to do this, this, this and this. I found out that I hate fucking fitness now. I just, I, but I like reflection walks. So I categorize walking as a reflection walk and I utilize it in the right way. Um, let me take a sip. because I can do this on video now with the gentleman's talk. You never know. I might even bring merch out. Oh, everyone's bringing merch out, James. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's everything has been nurtured. Everything that I'm, the, the reason I'm here talking to you right now is because I've nurtured those things internally for myself. I've kept on the journey for myself. I haven't relied on feedback. I did at the start. I'm not going to lie to you. I relied heavily on feedback, mainly because I knew my friends were listening. So I was hoping they would be open and honest with me. And I've nurtured that. I've, I've, I've just con continuously developed to the point now where I don't need that gratification because this is an enjoyable process for me. And I've developed that into other pieces. And every time I've, I've identified an issue, I'm now developing this skill set, this coping mechanism that's allowing me to be able to take on those challenges confidently. That was me just trying to work out the best way to say that. Because, yes, there is challenges. Every day there is a challenge. Every fucking day there's a challenge. There'll be something that will challenge you. It may even be right down to the fact that you're challenged because you're fucking tired and you have to perform. Not sexually. <laughs> Lock it in. Um, but I mean perform. 
uh, you know as a as a colleague maybe it's a boss maybe it's a husband uh, maybe it's a son maybe it's a and i'm categorizing the men because this is the gentleman's talk so don't fucking penalize me for that um but maybe you've got to perform as a you know a boss a dad a brother a sister mother whatever you may have to, you may have to fucking perform but you're bollocked and you're tired you can't be asked but you have to do it but there's no difference between mental health. You may be tired, you may be bollocksed, you can't be asked. But if you do those things, you get out for that reflection walk. Watch yourself elevate. I've currently, so something to talk about. And I've always got, so, I try to always have a bit of positivity with mental health because you can talk about it and it can absolutely lock you in. It is, it is a, it's a terminal subject, really, and there's a lot of negativity surrounding it. But I like to try and boost with a little bit of positivity. And this is very focused at the moment around positivity. And what I mean by that is I've got a friend of mine, you'll hear him and you would have heard him, uh, Nelster, Nelly Nelly Nelster. He's currently going through his own regime. He's taking accountability. And the reason I'm proud of that, because he's listened to my podcast from day fucking one. He has been there and listened to every single one, every single one over and over. And the the thing that's the thing that I found difficult with him, and I don't mean this in a horrible way, Nelster, so don't just take, take it lightly. <laughs> but what I mean is the thing that is I've encountered with him is he's very, very supportive. He listens to every word you say, but he hasn't physically taken that accountability. He has now. And I'm watching him grow. Even it's been two weeks for him on his program for rehabilitation in terms of grabbing his mental health I can actually see and and what he doesn't realize is when he talks to me and he says oh, I'm doing this I'm doing that and I'm like yeah taking accountability he's mentioning all these key words that he's listened to now I'm not taking I'm not taking responsibility for him taking that action absolutely not but what I am saying is for me it's heart it's heartwarming to know that that's got through to him. He's listened so much. He's taken accountability. And now he wants to seek the rewards. He's made that choice. Like I did in January of 2021. I made that choice. at twenty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. 2021? No, 2022. Um, I'm, I made that choice to make that decision. To go forward. And he's done the same. And hopefully he'll start seeing the rewards. He's doing a weight loss thing. Mindfulness. He's getting out, excuse me, that's the tea. He's getting out for walks, reflection walks. He's getting up at six in the morning and doing the walks early morning. So he's giving himself those that hit of serotonin and dopamine just before he goes to work. He's, he's getting all his metabolism firing up. It's all positive stuff because I'm watching him grow. And he says these trigger words, these key words. And I go, yeah. That's because that's what I mentioned. And you see him saying, I'm taking accountability. I'm doing this. I'm, I'm reflecting. I'm getting exercise. I'm cutting back on alcohol because alcohol was one of his big things. It really was. And maybe subconsciously I've known about that. And maybe subconsciously I've spoke about it. But I'm watching those rewards come to fruition now. And that's the important aspect of this. And it sort of kind of like breaks me in. And that was a little bit of a reflection. And that's basically what's happened. I've had a good week. I know I've got a week off next week. Since my last week off, when I almost had a fucking bit of a breakdown, I took some time out and I've managed my days in a better way. And I think for me, that's the rewarding aspect at the moment is the way I'm managing my work-life balance is starting to show absolute rewards at the moment on how I feel, 
how I can manage to cope, sleeping better. I'm feeling a little better about myself. I went and got my hair cut, which seems like a big thing, a small thing, but it's a big thing when you're in fucking depression. I had a fucking huge beard and huge long hair. I didn't like the way I looked about myself. I was in identity crisis at the time, if I'm brutally honest. I didn't know. I was 42. I'm like, am I dressing right anymore? I've never felt this feeling before. Am I dressing right? Am I dressing too young? Am I not dressing with the times? What's my hairstyle? What's the best hairstyle for me? Should my beard be short, long? I don't know. I was going through an identity crisis. And it's these little things that I didn't expect to happen. I didn't expect at 42. Well, of course you're going to. Because I've put on a bit of timber. I'm looking a bit older. I'm looking a bit tired. And and you don't want to dress like you think you're 30 when you're actually now into your 40s. And I think that's a reality. And I don't mean that's to, like... I don't mean I have to conform to society for that. And I don't mean that I have to see what 40-year-olds are wearing and, oh, I need to wear what they're wearing or you can't wear what someone's what someone wears at 30. It doesn't suit you. I'm not saying that because I believe in wearing whatever the fuck you like within reason. Don't break the boundaries of the law. Don't walk around with your fucking cock and balls out. You're going to get arrested. And for me, personally, it's about you wear what you like, but at the same time, you want to feel confident. You want to feel... You want to feel nice. You want to feel smart. You want to feel like your age, but in a positive way. So that isn't dressing hipster and fucking putting your back on your, your fucking back, your hat on back to front. It isn't about that. What it is about is about dressing to your age, dressing appropriately to make you feel confident, to make you feel happy. And that's what I was feeling. I was walking around with, I mean, this is a relaxed t-shirt, but I was in a crossover of, you know, trousers and and shirt to I still want to wear fucking like jogging bottoms not jogging bottoms I was wearing combat bottoms I was wearing jeans with timber boots they don't look half bad but I, am I dressing appropriate I didn't feel like I should be wearing that I didn't feel it I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin so that was a new feeling for me so it, and it, that's what I'm saying every day it evolves and what I've done is I've taken steps to, to rectify that I've taken steps to manage it and I've gone like right okay well, I cut my hair back to short, and this is going to seem fucking crazy. Why is he talking about his hair? Well, because I, I wanted to feel good about myself. That was giving me the strength to carry on because I felt confident. I felt good in myself. I didn't want to walk around like a bag of shit. It's amazing. When you've got depression, you've got anxiety, you've got whatever um, mental health ailment you've got, you will be surprised how easy you let yourself go. That's a fucking fact. If you can look in the mirror right now and go, I look like fucking shit, it's because you've let yourself go. And that's the fucking truth of it. I looked at myself and I went, you've got a long beard. It's fucking wispy as hell. Your fucking hair's long, but it's spoofing out the sides. I've got a big head. You need to accept you've got a big head, James. So don't wear poofy haircuts. Get them fucking cut right. You know you like it short back and sides with a little bit of length on top. A bit like my ball bag. So, you know, for me personally... That was the point where I I needed to just check. I was like, I have to get, I was going to grow my hair. And I was like, nope, I need to cut, I need to visualize this one more time. And I felt good. But you, if you can look in the mirror right now and go, I look like fucking shit. You've stopped taking care of yourself, which is a sign you're stressed. Because a happy man will look after themselves. And that's a genuine fact. So for me personally that was like an eye opener that was like i needed to address i needed to look at my style i needed to look at what i was how i was dressing what i was dressing my, even right down to my glasses my glasses appropriate 
it, it, it's it's batshit crazy, but these are the things you must do. Anyway, what I normally do is give you a breakdown, and I'm going to break into my topic today, which is, and let's lead out the fucking, let's lead it out with the with the head title here. Mental health can be anything and everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> what does he mean by that? Never do that again, James, by the way. Just, uh, that's a, an inside voice talking to myself, just to say, don't do that stupid voice again. Anything and everything. Mental health is a bit of a bastard, as we all know. And I think that's across the board from everybody. And I will never take away from the fact that that women, um, they suffer from um, mental health just as much. I only know that the suicide rate is less for, for women because they talk more. That's the, that's, the, that's the be all and end all of it. And you heard on one of my podcasts the other day that one of my friends lost his friend. And did that person talk about it? Probably not. Probably not. And even this weekend, one of the things that came out this weekend at the party was I spoke to my brother and I could see he was in pain. And he hasn't spoken. He hasn't had the confidence to talk. And I can see he's got a long way to go to still talk. But it pained me to see that in him. It pained me to see my brother not be able to open up and talk about things. Because he still he still inherently stores that societal expectation that men will just bottle it up and get on. And the reason I talk about this is things like grieve, grievance, death. I know mates of mine that have lost family friends, family members, mums, dads, brothers, sisters... They've lost family members and they've just got on with it and they don't shed a tear. It's by not talking about those things and bottling them up is the problem. That's when we get into our fucking downward spiral because we don't talk about things. And mental health comes in any forms, in any way, through any medium. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is it depends. It just, it doesn't choose when to strike i remember there was no build-up it was just a case of i remember being sat in front of my therapist for the first time in four years i'd sat down and went i'm not right there's something going on up here and they were like i remember sitting down for three hours at a three-hour appointment with this lady and she spoke about absolutely everything she spoke about sex life she spoke about relationships she spoke about work children the fucking lot and I never stopped crying for that three hours because it was the reality of her pulling that data from my fucking bonds. We'll say data because AI is on its fucking way around. Might as well get used to it. <laughs> Snip it there. <laughs> but for me, that three hour conversation unlocked a world of pain. Even she said, mate, you've got fucking PTSD and depression. That was my first diagnosis. But that took four fucking years. And even then, I only said I've got a problem because I said I've got a problem. I could have just bottled that up and just carried on with my angry self, walking around like a ball of anger. So how do we manage that? Society still expects men to just bottle shit up and get on with it. We then, even, even if society doesn't expect that, which actually talking about that and just saying out loud i don't think society does expect that anymore but we've still got it instilled in our brains that that's how we need to react we haven't broken that chain yet 
we haven't broken the chain formally to say men need to talk. We still say, no, no, just fucking bottle up, mate, move on, get on with it. That'd be right. It is what it is. <laughs> you know, we still say those things. We still say man up, pick yourself up. Oh, you'll be all right, buddy. You cool? <laughs> thumbs up. We still do all that shit. We still got a fucking thumbs up. But why? That's the question I ask myself. Why? Because society, I don't think, expects that. There's a small minority of women, I suppose, um, or, you know, and I, and I say women, hold hold your horses, not in a negative sense, but it is going to sound negative. But there is a small percentage of women out there that expect men to be like that. There is. They expect, they want a hard man that doesn't show emotion. There is an expectation of that. And I suppose that traditionally, it's people that want that are the ones that, you know, they see that they see that on the on the billboards. There's still a societal expectation that men have to be slim. We accept nowadays that women can be whatever they want. They can just literally crack on, do what the fuck you like. You know, you do what you want to do. If you want to be fucking big and chunky, you crack on. You're beautiful. And if they want to be slim, they're slim. Oh, girl, you're fucking beautiful. Everybody's fucking beautiful. But if you're a man. You still have to have rock hard abs. You still have to have muscles. You still have to go to the gym. You still have to be financially stable. You still have to be mentally stable. You still have to be emotionally stable. You can't have a slip. There's still an element of expectation. Men are still expected to fucking repair the car. Never done, you know, there's men out there never done mechanics in their life. Get it sorted. And if it isn't get it sorted, pay for it to get it fucking sorted. There's still that expectation. There's still an expectation for men to pay for meals in some relationships. Society is displaying the characteristics of allowing men to talk openly. But there is still a fundamental ground aspect that women don't want that. They're, they say talk about their problems. Talk about your problems. Yeah, I want to hear your fucking problems. No, we don't. I've got my own problems is what women say. I've got my own shit, man. I don't want to fucking I don't want to deal with your bollocks. And probably because they don't want to. It's just like men don't want to deal with the bollocks as well because they've got their own issues. But you know what? With a key factor on both of those, if those two people or those two genders spoke to each other, it might help if you were in a relationship. Because you would talk. And that's, you know, whatever. <laughs> the video there, I don't know what I was fucking doing there. Pointing fingers. But if those two people spoke, that would help. But what do women do? That, and I say this, and the reason I'm saying this again is because what do women do that's right? They talk about their problems. They open up. They air their grievances. I'm going to tell you a story, actually. There was one person that that has resonated with me for, well, since it happened. And I'll never, ever, ever, ever forget the emotion that I felt. as a, I, I, was, I was 30... What was I, about 30, 27, 28? I was about 28 when I went to Op Herrick and went to Afghanistan. And this is the point of men's expectation to fucking get on with it. And I think this is going to be a poignant point. The reason it's a poignant point is because it's resonated with me for so long. It's almost like I never got closure and I needed closure on the situation. So I was in, I was in Op, Op Herrick, I was in Afghanistan, and I was a detainee handler at the time. Um, so I was working with Afghani detainees, 
and um, just basically supporting them, et cetera, et cetera, and doing what I had to do uh, for, for, for the operations, et cetera. And I remember being sat, I was on guard one night, and I remember being sat with this 18-year-old lad. Um, was he 18? No, 17, sorry. He was a 17-year-old lad. He was a sniper. Um, I'm not going to say any more about that, but he was sat beside me on um, on guard duty, and he was doing drawings, cartoon drawings, little stick figure drawings. And out the back of the stick figure drawings, he was doing like gore, and he was like, you could see him doing different things. And he was there was people on the stick figures on the floor with blood coming out of the head, and someone else. He was reenacting basically what he'd probably had to do on tours. I don't know. But it resonated with me so fucking hard. And I suppose because I I was a dad at the time, I had two girls um, and I was away from my family for seven months and I'd missed them. And I suppose I looked at this 17-year-old lad. He must have been 17, 18, sorry. He was 18. He just turned 18 because that was when he was allowed to go on his first tour because um, you weren't allowed to under the age of 18. Um I think though that's why it was either 17 or 18 I don't know the finer details like that I've forgotten but what I will say is what's resonated with me is I was a dad and I was looking at this young lad and one of the reason I say it doesn't matter irrelevant of the 17 or 18 he was baby faced he still had bum fluff on his fucking face I think if a cat had licked him it would have fucking licked the whiskers off the side of his fucking face he was that baby faced and I could see that his life was broken before it even started and he wasn't talking about that to the point where i went in and told my guard commander i said he needs looking at he needs to go to the med center he went to the med center said he was fine and he was back out again now that's prime ptsd post-traumatic stress disorder massively going to affect this young lad before his life's even fucking started will he talk about it probably not because most soldiers won't most soldiers don't talk about their acts and there, I, don't, I certainly don't. The reason I'm talking about this particular incident is just because by him not talking, I know he will not rehabilitate. It will probably end up in a negative way for him because he'll get back. He may have got back to... I don't know. That's what I mean. I never got the closure point. I just got the the reality of this young lad drawing fairly gory cartoons with blown out the back of the head and all sorts of stuff. And it was just... It was like a cartoon scene of a war. So for me, it resonated that this young lad had his life ahead of him to the point where it affected me because I was like, I don't know what that lad's ever done. I don't know whether he moved on. I don't. I, there's been absolutely no closure. But at the same time, he made such an impact on my mental state, on, on my memories, that I remember that it was, a, it was two o'clock in the morning. I remember we were stood in the, we were sat in the middle of a desert and it was hailstone and I had this thick jacket on. It was fucking Baltic minus temperatures. And I remember just sitting next to him just thinking, I just want to help you, but I don't know how. And it was kind of like when I spoke to someone else that, is, that had spoke to, that knew him, he said, yeah, he's back out. He's fine, mate. He was just, he just said it was just cartoons. Just draw. And that's it because he just said it was fine. He was fine. And it'd be later on that they'll pick that up, but it'd be too late. It's embedded into him. And I know people that have had... The reason I talk about grievance at the moment is because people lose people quite regular. I know for a fact I've got a friend of mine, their husband is going through something and, and dealing with his own demons, 
as it is. And now he's got another demon to chuck on because he's got something wrong with his sister. And he's going to have to deal with that. Will he deal with it? Probably not. He's already dealing with PTSD as it is. And we're chucking more shit onto him. It's the same as me. I had permanent PTSD and I'm still, I still get loaded with stuff. And that, that just exaggerates. It can, you can, you, if you're carrying around a weight with you all, like all the time, a standard weight, what do you think is going to happen? If you keep adding to it, it's going to weigh you down. It's going to spiral out of control. If you don't let go of certain things or talk about things or seal certain things, it just gets worse. And that's what we have a fucking problem with doing as men. Is we just keep fucking going. I saw it on Friday when my brother came over. I could see he's just still going. And he's not doing what makes him happy. And that fucking annoys me. And it really does frustrate me. I know stories about my dad that have upset me because he never saw the help that sought the help that he should have done. Because we don't. We see it as a sign of weakness still. It's not a sign of weakness. Not if you do things properly. Well, I don't think it's a sign of weakness at all, actually. But if you do things properly, you can manage it properly. And that's what I say about nurturing, having the right people around you to be there for you, to look after you. I was sitting there drinking at four o'clock on my own at my party. Everyone had gone to bed. They were all drunk and I took it as a quiet time. And I was sat there and I started churning stuff over. Now, normally I'd have sat there and I'd have just gone over and over and it would either made me really upset or it would have made me fucking angry. Do you know what I did? I said, fucking go to sleep, James. Pint of water, couple of paracetamols, went to fucking bed. Why? Because I don't want to let the thoughts win. I don't want to let those things win. I've got a journey to go on. I've given myself that goal. I was talking about milestones at the start of the podcast. They're so important because they've given me the focus I need to develop even further. I, need, I keep adding things and seeing how they react. Now, I know for a fact that if I threw a party like that again, it would stress me out. It was too much. There was too much going on. There was too much unpredictability when I invited seven people around, believe it or not. <laughs> it was too unpredictable for me. I couldn't control the party. I couldn't control that. And I don't, you shouldn't have to control a party, but you do have to to a degree, especially if you're the host. But I never did that. And that's what the only thing I can take away from me is if I was going to do it, intimate parties are the way forward. Three to four people. Intimate parties are the way that it's enjoyable. It's not too overwhelming. It's, it's more predictable in the sense that everybody's on the same wavelength. I noticed at this party, because there were seven people, there was a party going on in one corner of the garden and fucking everyone's getting boozed up over there doing shots. There was a, a slightly subdued party in the actual bar where we just had a little bit of music. We were picking music. And then there was another party in the fucking kitchen. And everyone was doing... So it was out of control. We weren't in one place just enjoying each other's company. We had pockets of enjoyment. And those pockets of enjoyment, one pocket got too drunk. And I ended, they, they ended up being out of control. Where I've noticed that when you have three to four people max... It's an enjoyable occasion. It's an enjoyable party. You can control the chat. It was just too unpredictable. So that's a life lesson for me there. That's what that's my personal opinion anyway. That's not for everybody. So it's really important to learn, adapt, evolve, understand yourself. And one of the key parts when I talk about Nelly again, my mate, one of the key parts he's taken, taken from this whole journey that he's on is self-discovery. 
Self-discovery is invaluable. When you understand what fucking makes you tick, what upsets you, what makes you happy, what makes you sad, when you start reflecting on those things, then you start managing them properly. Like I know for a fact, like seven people too many. Four, great time. Know that, tried and tested. Every time I had maximum of four people, everything was okay. Everyone was perfect. No stress. This involved walking people to different places and fucking people getting picked up at 11 because they were too drunk. Some people staying on till fucking two and then it was too unpredictable. So for me, it's about learning and adapting. I know what makes me sad. I know what stresses I have in work now. Why? Because I've pulled away from work when it's been critical and I've learned about why I'm upset and I've reflected on why I'm upset. I'm starting yoga next week, which is absolutely incredible. Sorry, hold on. <laughs> um, I'm starting yoga next week, which is amazing because I know it's going to give me that flexibility that I need. But again, the reason I've held off with that is because it's going into an unfamiliar situation with a group of people to do something that I know I'm not very good at. Now, that's a that's a fucking big hurdle to get over because normally I'd go try and go with somebody. But I'm trying to do this on my own in the sense I want to rehabilitate myself. I know for a fact that having three or four walks a day with my dog, I've got German Shepherd, I will show him at some point on the camera. But for me, it's, I know what makes me sad and I'm starting to know what makes me happy. I'm starting to manage my mental health. I'm starting to manage my emotions. I'm starting to manage my finances. And it's, but it's taken two, almost two years to get to this point. It hasn't been overnight and it's still got a long journey to go. I'm still fucking, I'm still chugging on. There's no, there's no easy wins in this journey. And, I, and that's across the board, whatever it will be in life. There is no easy wins. There's a certain point in your life. And this is why the suicide rates are so high between the ages of 30 and 40. Or four, no, is, it, is it 30 and 45? I think there's a, a, a boundary window where it's so hard. And that's normally traditionally because that's when you're most expected to be the winner, the, the person in life. You're the expected person to secure and protect a relationship, secure and protect as a father, secure and protect as a husband or a partner. That's when you're expected in those life. You're and as well as you're expected to go and earn the money that's going to bring in the finances to keep everybody around you happy. And that's a reality. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. That's reality. So for me, it's all about managing that in the right way. And if you don't grip your mental health, it's proven over and over and over that you will fail because you will get into debt trying to make yourself happy. When in actual fact, spending money isn't what makes you happy. Spending time with your loved ones, families and friends and making memories is what will make you happy. It will do. People say that money makes the world go around. You do need money. Does it make the world go around? Yes. Do you need it to be happy? No. Yes, it helps to make you happy. But it depends on what your definition of happiness is. See, my happiness before and has been for about 20 years has always been, I need money. I need materials. I need nice things. No, you don't. 
and it's okay to say that when you've got nice things but to get the things i right have now i have right now the things you see around you has been a collection over 10 years and the reason i have them is because i got myself into considerable debt getting them and i'm paying that off now if i could stop and do what i did now what i'm doing now or or, or january 22 if i started that journey 10 years ago i'd have been much happier and that's the truth i'd have been much happier so it's a balance of getting things right and ultimately like i said it can be anything and everything and by that i mean it can be anything in the sense it, mental health can be anything it can affect anything but most importantly mental health can affect everything it can affect your relationships it can affect how you act it can affect your personality it can change your personality and i genuinely that's the thing that has scared me the most and the thing that I am working the hardest on is to get my mental health back or my personality back that has been stripped away from me because I lost control of my mental health. Now, I'm not weak for it. No, 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 no. I'm not weak from losing my mental health. But at the same time, I need to make sure that I develop myself. I don't say better myself, it's a horrible word. But I've made some awful decisions through the last years. I've made horrendous decisions. I've hurt people. Not physically, mentally and emotionally. I have done horrible things emotionally to myself, family, friends, loved ones. Pushed them away. Said I can do this alone. There is an element of something I do need to do alone, and that's what I'm doing now. That's what my friend is doing. That's what people need to do. And that's take accountability for yourself. Look after yourself. But do it in stages, because it's proven to me that doing things in stages, getting those milestones in, it works. If you just said on day one, okay, so it takes three months to become a learned habit, for example. If you said, I'm going to do fitness, diet um reflection walks fucking better relationships explore you know develop myself in work and impress for promotion i'm going to grip my finances if you did all that in the first three months 12 14 days fuck this because you've done too much you've tried to change the world in a week it's not going to happen so do things in milestones. And that's why when I, when I said to you in January, for people that have been on this whole journey since then, the thing I said in January was create a milestone. And one of, the, one of the things I brought up on Friday to my brother and my best mate, or both brothers as I call them, is what's your five-year plan? Now, probably a little bit deep for a party, but I was just intrigued. I said, are you happy right now? No. Okay, well, why are you not happy? What makes you happy? And then... They both said what makes them happy. Right, okay, what's your five-year plan to keep that, sustain that happiness and make it better? And they were like, well, I don't really... No one could really answer it. And I went, well, you're setting yourself up for failure because you've not given yourself something to aim for. Otherwise, you just bumble through fucking life, mate. You really do. If you live for tomorrow, and tomorrow is your day to live for, and, and I think, I suppose an element of it is live for today. I get that. Live for today because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I fucking get that. But there's nothing wrong with looking five years ahead. Having that in the back of your mind as a subconscious, a subconscious thought that in five years I expect to see myself a stone lighter and promoted. 
I don't know. That's that's one of that's two of mine. I expected to see in the first three months of this year, I wanted to host a party as part of my milestones. And I wanted to hold one at the next three year po- three month point and the next three month point. And it's got to almost the six so it would have been, yeah, so this would have been almost the nine month point. And I found out what my happy medium is, where I'm happiest, what sort of party I like to throw, and how I enjoy to host, and how many people I like to host. So I've learned something about myself. And it's about self-discovery is what you, one of the biggest rewards from developing yourself is self-discovery. Understanding those things that make you sad. Understanding those things that make you happy working on things to make that happiness sustained it's really really important but so many people just forget and then they wonder why why am i so sad why is this fucking why am i having such a shit time one of my friends came round on friday on friday actually and i'm going to i'm going to mention this i've got a bit of a cold sorry <laughs> sorry about that i need to get out of the way i've got a bit of a cold i fell asleep outside that's what drunken does for you one of my friends came over on Friday and he within the within arrival he arrived about seven o'clock and by eleven o'clock I was phoning his wife to take him home because he was just he was a very angry drunk. There was something going on with him mentally. There's more to this story, but I knew there was something going on with him mentally. And he's choosing drink. So I reached out to him on Saturday and said, Are you okay? And he hasn't got back to me. So I'll reach out again to him tomorrow and say buddy are you okay because i can see he's struggling i can see there's something laid down that he doesn't know how to deal with and i want to help him because i can recognize that one of the things i say is recognizing when people need a help and at the moment i feel he does that's the importance of talking i'm going to shut it down there actually because i think i've had a good i've had a good innings on this one <laughs> i'd love to hear your feedback on the on the video aspect and the in the clock and balls um i'd love to i'd love to get your feedback is the mic annoying because i think it might be i need to might need to remove the muffler and just have the mic i don't know it's all new experience from me so any feedback is welcome but i do like the thought of saying mm, you know the voice going i don't know um let me know i'd love the feedback um from you watching um like i said I want to finish on making sure you talk, making sure you open up, making sure you na- you take that next step, making sure you jump on that bandwagon of self-discovery. Do things in stages as well. Please, please, please. You're setting yourself up for failure if you give yourself too much to do. It's, it doesn't happen overnight. Nothing happens overnight. You need to develop it into a learned habit and then start watching things happen. Whether that's fitness. If it means going out for a one-mile walk every day, do that. Don't slice your fucking feet off and, fucking, and cut your nose off to spite your own face and all that bollock jazz fucking sentences by saying, I'm going to do a diet as well. I'm going to fucking do this. Don't try and do too much. Make those bite-sized chunks. to Make it an enjoyable process. That's the important part. Make it enjoyable. That's what I'm learning is to take each stage. Live for today, absolutely. But take each stage and go, do you know what? In the next three months, I'm going to concentrate on getting fit. Because I guarantee when you start, even if you, cho- so if you chose dieting first, 
you I think you would naturally progress into doing a bit of fitness because you'll feel lighter you'll feel you'll feel more energetic just as if you took on the the challenge of just doing a mile walking every day half an hour mile and a half saying I'm going to walk a mile and a half at least every day if you did that every single day you will naturally feel healthier. You'll want you. You'll start shoveling less fucking shit in your mouth. Not physically, uh, unless you're way that inclined. I don't fucking know. I'm not. I'm not. You know, this is a this is an inclusive fucking environment. Um, that's the DJ in the background. But for me, it's about taking those bite-sized chunks. Do something. Enjoy that process, and then once it becomes a learned habit, if after three months you've enjoyed that three months, you'll naturally keep going. And then all of a sudden you'll find in, in a year's time when you look back, look what I fucking achieved. I've lost a stone. I've been promoted. I feel happier. My relationships are happier. My family's happier. I'm working towards success. Don't forget, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a journey, so we need to enjoy it. Anyway, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you, mo- thank you very much for listening to me. I really appreciate it. Like I said, I'd love the feedback on the on the live, on the on the uh, video. And um, as always, keep smiling, keep positive, and just start that enjoyable process. All right, everybody. So take care, and I'll speak to you all soon. I look forward to it. Love you, bye.